There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. So, Republic of Ireland are out of the tournament. They failed to get the job done against Canada. Disappointed. Give it a roll at the end, but I think at the end of the day when we watch back the game, it's two poor goals to concede and you're going to get punished at this level. Rusha Littlejohn there. We'll hear from her, manager Vera Powell and captain Katie McCabe. So no luck for the Irish, but attention turns to England, who are looking to take a step closer to the knockout stages when they face Denmark on Friday. Lionesses defender Alex Greenwood knows the threat their star striker Penilla Harder poses. Penilla herself is what she's achieved in the game's been outstanding and I think I'm very much aware of her from playing against her for Chelsea um, and the, the problems she causes. England midfielder Jordan Nobbs will be hoping to get some minutes on the pitch after injury kept her out of the side at crucial moments in the past. I think when you miss out on, on major tournaments, it makes you want it even more, if that's even possible, because um, I obviously love football and, and playing for my country. We'll get all the latest from the England camp. We'll also round up the rest of the games from day seven. So much to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Ellie Roebuck and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Wednesday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? Now, what did you make of day seven of the tournament? If you're Irish, I'm sure you're absolutely gutted. How devastating to go out after the first two games. Delighted to say Birmingham City's Remy Allen is with me, fresh from commentary duty from the Republic of Ireland's defeat to Canada. How are you doing, Remy? I'm exhausted after watching that game. It was incredible. Yeah, it was um, It was amazing. I, I, loved, I loved doing it. Great game. Brilliant game, but not so good if you're an Ireland fan. We're going to be going through the rest of the action from day seven later. But first, let's get into that match and hear how the game and Remy sounded on TalkSport 2. The left foot is in, it becomes it. It's fantastic. It's gone into the back of the net. Oh, my God. All the way in from Katie McCabe. Ireland have scored their opening goal. And who better? It is their leader, it is their captain. Ball's over on that left-hand side, it comes in, it's whipped in, it goes all the way and into the back of the net, as we were just saying moments ago. Nightmare conditions to have to defend against. And just before the half-time whistle blows, Canada get their way back into this game. Really fantastic opening, and that is the lead for Canada. They've opened up Ireland's defence, and they take the advantage. Ireland's defence is infiltrated, and Canada 
take the lead in the most ruthless of fashion. Full time here in Canada, have their first win at the World Cup. Adriana Leon with the winner for Canada, who now top Group B with four points. Australia on three, Nigeria have a point, and Republic of Ireland bottom of the pack with no points. All I can say, I think if, if I was from Ireland right now, I, I would be bursting with pride because I think they were absolutely excellent today. They literally gave every inch that they could. You know, ultimately there was there is a golfing quality and that's what Canada showed in the end. They showed all their experience, all their knowledge, all their technical ability just to find a way to win. But the Canadians know that they were in a game. And like I said, yeah, Ireland should be so proud of themselves. Katie McCabe, absolutely phenomenal, did so, so well. So they need to keep their heads high from this. Charlotte Richardson and Birmingham City's Remy Allen, who is with me today, both on commentary duty and history made on Talk Sport actually earlier today because that was the first ever all-female commentary team. So take a bow, Remy, for oh, that. Oh, I love that. You will always go down in <laughs> Talk Sport history. Uh, heartbreaking news uh, for the Irish, wasn't it? And after the game, manager Vera Powell spoke to Talk Sport to reflect on the result. The experience shows in that they just wait for the, those few moments, uh, and that they know how to uh, how to react on on situations. Um, the thing is that if if we would have been able to capitalize one more goal, then it would have been a different story, of course. Um, but yeah, all credits to them uh, bringing that caliber of players on the pitch. It shows the difference. And it shows that they are then the glue um, of the team uh, and let everybody else function better. I wonder in the short time that you've had from full time to think, is there anything that you would have done differently in the first half or the second half of the game? No, we have we have tried everything, as you've seen. Uh, every t everything to get uh, pressure forward, everything to change the game. Um, yeah, more than five subs you cannot make. Uh, we played 15 minutes, 4-2-4, four four, um, and that is, uh, yeah, that's tremendous. With the journey that you've been on, with two games left, to one game left to play and, and nothing to lose, will they be, the approach be different? Would you change anything going forward for this last game? <laughs> Players want to win. So we're going to analyse what we've done. We take the best things out, as always. We build on that. Um, and next game will be, again, better. But how are we going to do it? That yeah, where what is it? Half an hour after the game, so we're with with our heart in this game still. Remy, you were commentating on the game. It just wasn't to be for them, was it? Yeah, gutted for Ireland. They gave absolutely everything. I think they'll be really disappointed in the way they've actually lost the game because the first 45 minutes, they were by far the better side. And then to concede the way they did, to go in at half-time, drawing the game, it just knocked the stuffing out of them a little bit. And you always sense the longer that the game went on, the Canadians would come into it and their fitness levels and their quality would show. And ultimately it did. Yeah, that triple substitution at half-time really turned it on, their experiences as, as well. And and Christine Sinclair, of course, uh, one of those standout performers. And even though she wasn't able to find a goal herself, she made a huge difference. Yeah, she did. I think her experience was massive coming on. Like I said, in comms, it wasn't just what she did on the ball. It was the way she dictated and organised the side when she was on the pitch. But what she was on the ball is really reliable. She didn't give the ball away. You know, she linked in pockets and made them flow, which they didn't have in the first half. So she was really key for them getting back in the game.
Yeah, and of course, Republic of Ireland had taken that early lead thanks to Katie McCabe. Talk sports, Shabana Hearn caught up the, with the Republic of Ireland captain straight after the match and asked her how to summarise uh, her feelings after it. We've obviously got um, a lot of aerial threat, um, so for us, we, we'd kind of looked at making sure we just get it in the right areas, and um, obviously, I was delighted to see it whip in. Um, but we knew there was a long way to go, of course. Um, it's always nice to score. Um, but, yeah, it was all about the results in the end and we were disappointed to, to let it slip. Can I ask now what happens next with a game to go? How do you regroup and, and what will be the plan moving forward? I think it's always just about learning from these games, you know, um, taking the positives um, and obviously trying to... Yeah, trying to fix up um, a few cracks we have um, and looking to end the tournament on a high. We had nearly 16,000, 17,000 people um, cheering us on. We're on the other side of the, the world um, and it felt like we were at home in Dublin tonight with, with our fans. So in Brisbane against Nigeria, we want to just end as much on a high as possible um, and give our fans something to cheer about and be proud of. That is really key for them. Uh, Republic of Ireland captain Katie McCaig there speaking to Shabana Hearn. Um, it, it's so tough, isn't it? Because they'll want their first ever major tournament to end on a high, which is quite important for them in terms of the growth of, of football in the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's one of them, you know, they haven't won these games, but the growth that can come in Ireland from what these girls have produced in this tournament is is unbelievable. You know, the, the gap between the top and the bottom just shows you that it's really, really narrowed because they've taken two great sides toe-to-toe 90 minutes to the end and you know Nigeria will offer a really different threat and I think it'll be really difficult to get something out of that game but they should take huge confidence from what they've done leading into this final one and I really hope they can end it on a high. Could, could it have been a little bit different perhaps if the draw had been different in terms of them facing Nigeria in the in the opening game first of all to kind of bed themselves in a little bit or even just a draw against Australia in that opener? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? The, the draw is what it is. I think it's one of them where the, the manner in which they've probably lost their games is probably what they're going to reflect on and be disappointed by. The penalty that was, you know, a silly decision to make. And in this game, conceding in the 48th, 49th minute, a, a real killer blows. So they haven't necessarily lost these games because they haven't played well or competed. They've lost, lost it on, you know, a lack of composure in moments. Mm. So that's what will be disappointing for them. Yeah, it, it was an unfortunate own goal from, from Megan Connolly, wasn't it? But I feel as if the ball was going in the back of the net anyway. Yeah, I don't think anything she did, other than adjusting her body position to clear the ball, obviously would have been the ideal scenario. But other than that, the ball was going in. You know, at that point, there was torrential rain and there's the surface, it was zipping off it. So it was an unfortunate goal to concede. The weather was absolutely disgusting out there. Um, you know, it kind of suited Republic of Ireland, I, I would say, perhaps. But it was the quality of Canada that eventually showed through. They've got the experience of major tournaments and that's maybe what Ireland were lacking. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the last 20 minutes of the game, Ireland sent Louise Quinn up top. So I'm thinking, OK, we're going to load, they're going to load the box and get balls in and they're going to work off Louise Quinn. But they didn't necessarily do that. Whether that was a little bit of, you know, lacking composure and being nervous in them latter stages. Almost panicking a little yeah. bit. Yeah, mm. whereas the opposite, the Canadians, I believe, if they were in that position, they would have had the composure 
you know, to finish that game. And I just think that comes with tournament experience. And that's why this tournament's so vital for Ireland moving forward. We did get to see Amber Barrett finally. She came on after after 65 minutes, but we didn't necessarily see the best of her. Yeah, it was a shame. They couldn't really get her in the game. There was one moment, um, I think it was Lily Ag drove through and had a shot from distance where she probably could have slid her in. But other than that, she didn't really have the impact that she would have wanted. So she'll be disappointed. Yeah, let's hear um, from some more reaction from the island camp, shall we? Um, Republic of Ireland reporter Shabana Hearn also chatted to her sister and midfield. <laughs> I was going to like read this, you know, completely normally, but this is her twin sister. She's having to interview after um, Ireland exit uh, their first ever World Cup. Uh, Rusha Littlejohn, um, Shaban spoke to her after the defeat. Disappointed. Um, gave it a wrong at the end, but I think at the end of the day when we watch back the game. It's two poor goals to concede and you're going to get punished at this level. Um, I think we ran out of ideas at the end, so it's disappointed, but it's going to be a good learning curve. I can tell you're upset. How's the morale and team just now? I know it's, it's just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of tears, I can see. Yeah, um, obviously disappointed. It's not ideal. You've always got a bit of hope, a bit of belief that you're going to stay in the tournament. We wanted to make it go all the way to the last game, but now it's not. But we've got to play for three points still and our first World Cup win, hopefully, in the next game. But yeah, it's just disappointed all around. I can't even imagine what it's like as a player going into the next game knowing that you're just playing for pride. Do you think maybe the pressure will be... I mean, I don't feel like they ever had any pressure on them in the first place, but maybe that's lifted a little bit and might help them. Potentially. I mean, my heart goes out hearing that. I felt a bit emotional. I, I mean, I love Rooster Vicks and I'm gutted for her. Um, I thought she was brilliant, by the way, today. I thought she was really, really good. Um, I think it's one of them like they've had nothing to lose all the way through the tournament but when you're actually competing to stay in it there is that pressure maybe with that taken off and them going do you know what this is a chance to make as the first ever Irish team to win a game in the tournament then they might may have a better chance with the you know the pressure off them a little bit it's going to be tough they're obviously going to be mentally and physically drained from what they've just been through but that's the point of tournament football Australia play Nigeria in the second group game uh, tomorrow, which is Thursday, I think, if I've got my days in order. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I feel a little (laughs) bit discombobulated from this tournament already. Um, But it's still a really open group. And actually, Nigeria, if they get something against Australia, have a good shout themselves of, of going through. Yeah, for sure. I think this is one of the most competitive groups that there is in the tournament. And unfortunately for Ireland, they were a part of it. But yeah, tomorrow will be interesting. Obviously, doesn't look like Sam Kerr is going to be available. I think um, another forward for Australia is now out as well. So they're, they're struggling a little bit, but they'll have the home crowd behind them. And it should be a really exciting game. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, we'll continue talking about the Republic of Ireland. Uh, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Remy Allen with you coming up. We'll continue uh, with that Ireland chat, as I said, and review the other games from today. Japan against Costa Rica and Spain against Zambia. This 
is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all of England and Republic of Ireland's matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament. Thanks for being with us. I'm Faker Rubbers. Birmingham City's Remy Allen is with me. She was commentating on the Republic of Ireland's defeat to Canada, which means they are out of the tournament. Next in Group B, as I mentioned, Australia will take on Nigeria tomorrow. It's from 11am UK time and we'll bring you updates live on TalkSport. This is how Group B looks right at this moment in time. Canada played two, four points, topped the group. Australia played one, have three. Nigeria uh, played one, have one. I- Ireland are out, uh, played two, zero point. Uh, nil point, as they say, I'm <laughs> afraid, in uh, Eurovision. Um, are we looking... Bearing in mind what Nigeria managed to do against Canada in their opening match, holding them to a goalless draw, are we looking at a straightforward win for Australia or are they not going to have it all their own way? Bearing in mind they have a massive injury list. Yeah, it's not straightforward by any stretch. I think, you know, Nigeria were great in the first game. They held the Canadians and I think they'll pose a real threat to the Australians. Obviously, the Aussies have got key players out, like you said, also, you know, everyone keeps talking about the home crowd as an advantage. It's also a little bit of a disadvantage if you're not particularly playing well. So there's a lot of pressure on these Aussies. They need to go out and get a result. I think it'll be quite tight. Yeah, I'm looking at their injury list and we know that Sam Kerr was going to be out for this game already. We still don't know how she's uh, doing, but they've also got Mary Fowler out as well. Uh, Kira Simon looks like she's going to be unavailable. Kaya Simon even uh, looks like she's going to be unavailable. Um, defensively, they're struggling as well with Avi Lewick out and then a doubt for Tamika Yallop. I mean, where are the players? Yeah, it's a struggle. And I think, especially going forward and scoring goals, I think you're seeing against Ireland, you know, they struggled in terms of creating chances and scoring. scoring. So you look at it and you go, where might the goals come from? And it's going to be tough. Nigeria are a really good side. And for the Aussies to even, you know, get past these and carry on out of this group stage, they're going to have to score goals. But I do worry for them a little bit. Those last games are what are key because if Australia beat Canada potentially I mean I feel like I'm being far too hypothetical and we actually need to just watch the second group game first of all between Australia and Nigeria because this might be completely obsolete conversation in a few hours time Um, but Nigeria is still in with a chance of getting out of this group yeah and that's what's exciting about it and I think as a neutral that's what you want you want multiple teams competing trying to get through so the fact that the three of them are going at it and you know trying to get that first and second place it makes for an exciting viewing so I'm really intrigued to what happens tomorrow we've got skin on the game as well because whoever finishes second in the group will potentially don't want to jinx England in their second match against uh, Denmark by the way but potentially could face England in the the round of 16 who who tops the group for you and who comes second do you know what that is really hard to call right now because I think if you know if the Aussies had all their players I'd be saying I think Australia will top the group. I don't particularly think Canada are playing that well, albeit they had a better second half performance. So it's really, really tight to call, really tight. And I am actually struggling to pick. Maybe the Aussies, but I mean, it's, it's touch and go. And, and of course, we don't know whether it's going to be touch and go for England either. But whoever, they're, they're going to face someone from this group, aren't they? They've got one and three choice now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, for sure. So, I mean, even though the Republic of Ireland are, are out of this 
tournament. They're going to be hoping to end the World Cup on a high. They obviously take Nigeria on on Monday. It's live on TalkSport. Kickoff is at 11am. Updates on TalkSport. Remy will be part of the commentary team alongside Charlotte Richardson uh, again. And actually, it would be really good, wouldn't it, to see Republic of Ireland end on a high? Yeah, and I think everybody's hoping for that. You know, people say about this third game being quite quite a tricky one when you're at the tournament. To be honest with you, I think I disagree because you only get you might only get one chance of playing at the World Cup, so you take you don't take any game for granted. So I genuinely believe them players will be going out there giving absolutely everything like they have the whole tournament to go and get some points on the board. Right, let's round up the other two matches from day seven at the tournament. Much more straightforward in Group C, isn't it? After beating Zambia 5-0 in their first group game, 2011 world champions Japan had the chance to secure their spot in the last 16. Talk Sports' Alfie Reynolds was watching this one. Full-time, Japan 2, Costa Rica 0. Japan go two wins from two to start this World Cup. The goals came within two minutes of each other in the first half. Naomoto finished finished from inside the area and then Fugino, the 19-year-old, scored her first goal for Japan from a tight angle. Costa Rica will feel the defending should have been better for both of those goals, but despite that, it could have easily actually been a much more one-sided scoreline. In total, Japan had 11 efforts on target. The full-time score, Japan 2, Costa Rica 0. So, I mean, Japan were actually the last other team other than the US to win this tournament back in 2011 which we kind of forget don't we and I feel like they've they've very much gone under the radar a little bit when it comes to discussing World Cup favourites but we have to obviously take into account the opposition that they've that they've faced in terms of Zambia and Costa Rica but outstanding performances could they be contenders to win it? I mean, yeah, it's crazy when you say that because you forget how good they actually are. And I think the pleasing thing for Japan is not only have they gone and got the results, they've also played really well with it. So they'll be sky high in confidence. They know they'll be going into the next round. I think they'll, in within their group, quietly will be going about their business, trying to rack up the results and get towards that final. And I think they'll think they can. And I, there's no reason why they can't. They're a very, very difficult side to play against. So promising things to come from them. Yeah, disappointing for Costa Rica, I would say. For, for teams like them who kind of go out of the tournament so early on uh, with two really heavy defeats, what kind of messages and lessons can they take away from it maybe? I think there's loads. Sometimes you actually learn more from losing and ultimately these players and the staff and everyone, the whole country will have had an unbelievable experience at this World Cup. You learn so much in terms of yourself and how you cope with pressure, tactics, all that stuff, the group together and how they work together and the things that went wrong. So they'll learn so much and it'll only make them stronger as a nation to come back for the next tournament. Yeah, it must be really hard to take at the moment, but still an, an enormous achievement to put on a performance against such highly ranked sides at the same time but uh, you know it sets up a, a tasty final match for, for Japan we'll discuss that in a second because the other game in Group C saw one of the favourites Spain taking on Zambia who are the lowest ranked team in the tournament let's hear from TalkSport's Lisa O'Sullivan who is watching this one it's Spain 5 Zambia nil. Zambia heading for a second successive 5-0 defeat at this World Cup. The half-time changes, Spain 2-0 up at half-time. Fresh legs, more quality. We saw Alexia Proteus put back on the bench, done enough for the day after that recovery she's got from her ACL injury as Spain look to make it six. Just over 20 minutes to go, we saw the half-time sub, Alba Redondo, walk Spain's number three goal 
past the 21-year-old Zambian keeper, Eunice Sakala. And just a minute later, Jenny Hamosa was on hand to net a ricochet off the post. VIR ruled out offside and after a spot of confusion by the ref, the Spanish number 10 claimed not only her second of the day, but her 50th international goal on her 100th appearance for Spain. But then Irene Redondo has made it 5-0, scoring her second, made it look easy. VAR called in once again to rule, off the, rule out the offside. Zambia were pushing for a debut World Cup goal. Barbara Banda isolated up front, though, and Rachel Kundanji not getting a clear shot in. It's not looking good for the Copper Queens, but Spain are heading into the round of 16. It's Spain 5, Zambia 0. Actually, Romy, Spain haven't lost a game since England knocked them out of the European Championships in the quarterfinals last summer. It really feels, despite everything that's gone on you know, behind the scenes, like they're on a mission. The behind-the-scenes stuff that's gone on actually is deflected away from their football, hasn't it? And I think for the other nations, we're probably thinking, oh, they've got a lot going on, you know, they're struggling, they're, they've got key players missing. But actually, they've clearly done some good work because they're in a fantastic position, they're playing really well, they're scoring goals, and they're high in confidence. How much credit do we have to give to their manager, Jorge Vilda? Because, you know, the performance at the tournament so far reflects well on him. And there have been lots of calls for him to, to, to stand down and be be replaced. Yeah, I think it's a really hard one, isn't it? Because ultimately he's doing his job and they're playing really well. They're scoring goals, they're performing and they look high in confidence so he must be doing something right behind the scenes but then you've also got the other bracket of you know the allegations and stuff like that so it's really difficult to know actually what's going on in the Spanish camp but right now they seem to be parking all that stuff and focusing on the tournament. Whoever finishes top of this group we will find out in the last uh, group game which is very exciting. Spain against Japan they've both kept clean sheets and scored lots of goals. Uh, It's going to be a tough game. Who tops the group for you? I mean, I'm going to go with Spain. I just think they've probably got enough class to sort of finish that game off. But I do think it'll be really interesting to see because with the greatest respect to the other nations they've played, it'll probably be the first time that Spain come up against someone who can challenge challenge them in the opposite direction. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Spain can defend and deal with the Japanese. So it, it will be a really interesting balance and a, a really interesting game. I'm intrigued to see what happens. Yeah, me too. So Spain and Japan become the First Nations through to the final 16. Costa Rica and Zambia, the First Nations, knocked out of the tournament. Republic of Ireland then joined them uh, afterwards as well. And the final round of Group C games takes place on Monday to decide the winner of the group. Kickoff is 8am and as, as always, we will bring you updates from all the action live on Talk Sport. Uh, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. Faker Others and Remy Allen with you. Coming up next, we'll bring you a Talk Sport exclusive interview with Lioness midfielder Jordan Nobbs. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. TalkSport have live commentary of all the remaining England and Republic of Ireland games across the network. So thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Ruthers. Birmingham's Remy Allen is with me and the Lionesses have been back in training ahead of their second Group D match against Denmark on Friday and TalkSport's England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk has been back in camp with them. She sat down with midfielder Jordan Nobbs, who's had an incredible story leading up to this World Cup. After 12 years at Arsenal, she took the brave decision to move to Aston Villa in January to try and get first-time football and secure a spot on the England squad for the World Cup this year. And the move certainly paid off. I think this World Cup just shows how strong teams are. Um they obviously put in a, a great performance, um, but the main thing was that we got the win. Um, naturally, there's, there's good and, and bad things that you take from the game, but we've put ourselves in a, a good position and um, took a lot of positives from it. And in terms of, for you personally, you know, the, the last few major tournaments, you've been really unlucky in, in terms of missing them through injury or, or getting injured early on in a tournament. So just for you, how special is it just to be here first of all and be fit? Yeah, it's it means the world to me. I think um, I think when you miss out on on major tournaments, it makes you want it even more if that's even possible. Because um, I obviously love football and and playing for my country, but you know to be here um, with such a, a talented squad, um, yeah, it's it's just an amazing feeling that I've I've made it and I took a a lot of uh, sacrifices to to get here, but um, it was obviously the right thing to do. In terms of the sacrifices and maybe the risks in terms of obviously moving football clubs, moving to Villa, did you see that as a, a risk at the time or something that you needed to do to make the squad? Um, you know, regardless of England, I wanted to play football. I want to play week in, week out. And um, I'm so honoured of what I've done at Arsenal and proud of myself and, and ticked some massive boxes there. So, you know, it was just time to to go play and enjoy my football and, um, you know, try and play as much to get into this squad. In terms of you've seen in other, you know, sections of the media, you've maybe talked about your mental health a little bit and, and been very candid and, and very honest, which is, you know, unbelievable thing to do. It's a very brave thing to do. Was that, you know, difficult to admit to at times? Of course, I think, uh, you know, that's an area that you always want people to speak up about. And I think when it comes to football, you're you're in a very um, kind of football bubble a lot of your life. So um, everything ends up being quite football-orientated. So I think when you get injuries or, 
you know, there's there's other sacrifices you make. They're they're big challenges because all you want to do is play on the pitch and and perform at the best you can. So, um, yeah, there's there's tough times in the football world, but there's also some great moments as well, which is you know why I've always wanted to to get fit and back on the pitch. And I'm interested to know at the moment your role within this squad. I know we've mentioned you've missed major tournaments, but you've obviously got so much a, a wealth of experience, both internationally and domestically. So how do you see your role there at the minute? Maybe one of the more senior players now. Things have changed around and there's quite a few young players in the squad. To be honest, I'm very lucky that we have a, a an amazing squad that, um, you know, all of them had a lot of experience. Of, of course, um, I try and be a good role model to, to the younger ones and, train as hard as I can um, and, you know, just make sure I'm doing the right things day in, day out. So, you know, they can see, um, you know, how that looks and, and what it feels like to, to be in this squad. You know, so you you would say you're, you're more of an example in that sense rather than, you know, I think there's all types of leaders within a squad. So maybe there's some that are more vocal, more people, you know, that maybe just get on and do it. Is that how you see your role in terms of being that sort of example for the younger ones to, to see? Uh, a little bit, but I think also I, I totally respect that a lot of these girls have won the Euros that are, are younger than me. So I think it's that fine balance, really. I think it's, um, you know, being myself, really, and, and hopefully that's enough always when, when I'm on and off the pitch. And in terms of, of your thought process for Denmark going forward, because of what you've missed, is it just trying to obviously get on the pitch, get minutes and, and be a part of that? Oh, of course. I mean, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want to play. Um, but I also know the, the competitive side of this squad. And, um, you know, obviously I'm doing whatever I can to, to play mints on that pitch. But, you know, I'm also being a, a professional in terms of being there for the team. That's That's the main thing and the most important thing. So looking forward to, to Denmark on Friday, what... For example, are for you personally again on the squad looking forward to, and also what have you maybe done in training to you know really earmark what Denmark are going to do? What do you think their threats are? You know, obviously they they look to harder and um, players like that. So she's a top top talent um, that we need to be aware of, and um, you know we we will go through a little bit more um, tomorrow in the next few days. But you know they're a, a team that uh, have won their first game, um, so. I think they're going to be very physical um, and, yeah, both teams want to win, don't they? And in terms of you've been in Brisbane, you've now obviously moved to sort of Terra Gallen, you've had a fantastic reception, lots of England fans at the Brisbane game. Are you expecting the same on Friday in Sydney? I hope so. Um, you know, obviously 40 plus thousand at our last game and um, record crowds um, in Australia. And, you know, the minute we got here, we were welcomed into the country and, um, it's been an amazing feeling, really, to to have the support we have, you know, so far away from home. And is it it shocked you how just how much support you have had? Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Just the other day, there's around two thousand people just watching our training session, which uh, you know is is amazing for us. So I think the more we can keep performing on the pitch and hopefully show that we're excited to be in this country, um, more fans will want to watch um, our exciting football as well. They do play a really exciting brand of football, usually. We didn't necessarily see it against Haiti, uh, did we? But you obviously played with Jordan Nobbs at, at Aston Villa um, and you've played against her as well. Um, it might be one of her last chances to feature at a major tournament. You, you could hear there just how much it means to her that she's back in the England setup, which means that that move paid off. Yeah, for sure. I think the minute that Jordan come into Villa, 
you could see that there was sort of an obsession for this World Cup in the in a, in a positive way. Um, she talks about it all the time. It was the goal. You know, she was driven. She wanted to play. She needed the minute. She wanted to play well. And I fully respect her for doing that because it was hard. I know it hurt, it hurt her to leave Arsenal because it was, a, you know, her club. Um, but she did amazing when she come in. She got a chance. She's there. She was unfortunate to pick up a little bit of a calf injury before the tournament started. So that's maybe hindered it a little bit. But yeah, her hard work has paid off. Yeah, I mean, we obviously didn't see her feature against Haiti. C- could you see her doing something against Denmark? You're going to need all the experience um, that England can muster against against them. I mean, being honest, obviously looking at Serena and what she's usually like, it would be hard for Jordan Nobbs to get on the pitch. Um, she doesn't like to make too many changes. I wonder where Jord would come on and who she would replace because I think if you're not going to play Ella Toon, it's probably Lauren James that's going to look to maybe play in that 10 role. So I do think it'll be difficult for Jordan to get the minutes that she wants. But knowing her, she'll be a top pro. She'll be there for the girls. She'll be supporting them. And if she's needed, she'll be ready. And that role is really key because we sh- we saw Jill Scott perform that role, didn't we, at the, at the Euros um, last year. And so Jordan Nobbs will know that she's got a huge role to to play. Yeah, for sure. And when you go to a World Cup, you're a part of a squad and a squad means something. So whether you're starting, whether you come on or whether you don't even make any appearances, you're all needed and you get that. When you're in camp, you fully understand that. So she'll be immersed into that and she'll be ready on and off the field. She's got so much experience, but there's so much competition, as you say, for, for starting positions on the squad. But I've spoken on this pod on so many occasions about the importance of having strength in depth and and the substitutes really being a key part of the game going forward. Yeah, well, you look at the Euros and we, as England, relied on our two substitutes, Ella Toon and Russo, to win his games at times. And Chloe Kelly. And Chloe Kelly, yeah. So it's, it's you know, it's vital, it's massive. Um, they do have that. It's up to Serena to pick the right times to bring them bring them on and use them. Um, so it's good that we have that squad, you know, albeit we've still got a couple that couldn't even make the tournament. So, you know, as is a collective in England, it's growing, it's getting bigger and we're getting more competitive. Does it feel without Frank Kirby as if the midfield is where we need to tighten up just a little bit so there could be an opportunity for Jordan Nobbs? Yeah, I mean, I love Fran and I miss Fran. I think she's absolutely superb and what she gives for England is massive. Um, Ella Toon probably hasn't hit the ground running yet. Hopefully the next few games can bring that a little bit. But there's definitely, you know, if things don't change in the midfield and we're not necessarily playing well or performing, any of the midfielders, including Jordan, should be ready to take that place. It feels as if um, the ACL injury is like the 12th man of this tournament, doesn't it? And, and you know, Jordan Nobbs spoke there about how, how devastating that was for her on her mental health. You've obviously had an, an ACL injury yourself. What was your experience of dealing with that? We've got players out dealing with it now in, in Beth Mead and, and Leah Williamson as well. How how big and key is the mental recovery over and above the physical recovery which is hard enough itself I mean I'll be honest I've done it twice once when I was 18 and once recently when I was 32 and this time round is by by far the hardest thing I've been through in football Um, mentally it was the most challenging thing there's days where I just was like why am I doing this I think I should just retire you know because I knew what was coming I knew the process is so long you know it's a year's worth of work and it is utter work mm. on and off the field um, and the, yeah there were times when it was it was a real struggle you know mental health is prominent and I'm proud of George for speaking out about it because I think it does need speaking about more I think a lot of people think of footballers is we are in a privileged position but it doesn't mean that we don't struggle either 
Um, yeah, so for me, it was, you know, there were some moments where it, it got a little bit dark and it was hard. Um, but I guess through football, you also develop a mental resilience and that's something that most footballers will have and helps you get through them hard times and hopefully back on the pitch and playing again and look what that has done that kind of resilience to get her where she is now you know potentially fingers crossed for her getting some minutes at at a world cup which would be incredible uh you're listening to the women's world cup daily show on talk sport 2 i'm faker others you were just hearing there the thoughts of remy allen who has just signed for birmingham city Uh, coming up we're going to hear from england defender alex greenwood on how the lionesses are shaping up ahead of friday's match against denmark You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women Dream Bigger. If you missed this episode live or duck in halfway through, do not worry. We're also available on podcasts, plenty of places you can download us. But first, head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously go ahead and subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, Faker Ruthers and Birmingham's Remy Allen with you. We're continuing to build up to England's uh, second Group D match against Denmark, which is on Friday. It's live commentary on TalkSport 2. Kickoff is at 9.30 in the morning and we'll be building up uh, from 9 o'clock as well. Just two days to go. Uh, England defender Alex Greenwood has been speaking to the media ahead of that match. I think being really honest, I think we were happy to get the win. They were a tough opposition. Um, I think people massively underestimated them and um, I think we prepared definitely for what they were to bring and maybe some people weren't aware of their strengths like we were. But I think now, moving forward, it's put the game to bed and focus on the strengths of Denmark. I see the girls every day in training, so it's not a concern for me. I think the games that you've just said have come in a, a small space of time and I think we've proved in the past that we can score goals. We've got players all over the pitch who can score goals and are dangerous in, in different moments. I think in football you go through little spells where you might not score as many goals as you'd like but the chances are created and I think that's the most important thing. Pinella herself is what she's achieved in the game's been outstanding and I think I'm very much aware of her from playing against her for Chelsea um, and the, the problems she causes. Likewise the other players they've got some really good individuals all over the pitch um, but obviously she's she's classed as their main threat and rightly so so I think for us it's about nullifying their threats, her being one of them and We'll have a game plan to do that. No matter how many major tournaments you go to with your country, everyone feels more special. Um, I think for me, this is my third World Cup and when I get the call and I'm told I'm coming, it feels like it's my first one. And even when I'm here, because I'm seeing other players experience their debut at a World Cup and their moments to do it together is really special. So I agree with Georgia, it is a moment where you do pinch yourself at times. Um, And I'm obviously really grateful to be a part of this squad. Manchester City and England defender Alex Greenwood there speaking Haiti, Denmark star striker Penilla Harder and England's game plan ahead of Friday. Interesting, bearing in mind we were just talking about the experience of, of the older players in the England setup and what they can do to the youngsters and Alex Greenwood is very much one of those experienced England players. I didn't even realise it was her third World Cup, even though I knew it was her third World Cup. I kind of, you know, she's been in and out and played different roles within the England setup that you forget how long she's been part of it. 
I was actually going to say the same thing. I sort of was shocked when I heard it, but then when I thought back, I was like, oh, of course, yes, she will have been. And, you know, you watch her now and she's so experienced, she's so calm, and she brings a real level head to that side. And that's credit to her and her career because she's developed and improved consistently year on year. Um, and she's a key key part of this group now. Um, I'd actually like to see her play at centre half. I think it's Same. the best position. Mm. Um, but yeah, she. I mean, even the way she speaks, she. You know, she's a leader. She speaks great, and it's really nice for you know hearing her speak about the the younger players and watching them experience experience it for the first time. So yeah, great player, great person. We, we've had uh, a women's show on Talk Sports since 2019. I first met Alex out in in France and was really impressed by her. She's been on the show uh, before and always speaks really well and actually the whole camp are talking about the fact that they're not concerned about this lack of goals and that there's a there's a noise going on outside which tends to happen in 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 the media but even though they're not concerned about it still from open play fourth game now albeit one was behind closed doors against Canada they still haven't scored is that a concern going into a match against a side who defends as resolutely as Denmark do? I think as fans, you're worried, aren't you? Like, let's be honest, it's not ideal that we haven't scored in that amount of games. But they have, you can tell by the way they're talking, they have that belief within the camp. And ultimately now I think, you know, we're so used to winning games by three, four, five goals. That isn't going to happen anymore because the level of opposition now, everyone's improving. So I said earlier, I was like, if England win every game 1-0 and we win the World Cup, no one will be bothered about the fact we haven't scored goals. So I think it's putting a little bit of perspective on the situation. Yes, of course, they will want to be scoring more goals. But if they win 1-0 on Friday, there'll be no, they won't care. And nor will I, and no one should should be either because it's just about winning this tournament or winning game on game. So hopefully they score goals, but let's let's just win. You're, you're exactly right, because we've seen it in men's and women's tournaments before. France, uh, for example, in the men's. Canada, who we were talking about earlier in the, in the Olympics, you know, barely scored any goals, but, but you know, went all the way to the, to the gold medal. Um, there's a slight concern in attack, isn't it? I mean, there's not been the quite the, the click that we're used to seeing. We clearly miss Beth Mead. Do we like? Do we need to see the likes of Rachel Daly and Lauren James starting, or is or is? I mean, look, Leanne Sanderson's mantra is in Serena we trust. <laughs> so I'm torn. Obviously, I'm biased. I played with Rachel last year. I know what she can bring, and I believe that she deserves to be starting. That's taking nothing away from Russo because I think she's a fantastic player. But Rach is one of the most informed players in the in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would like to see her on the pitch. The, the same with Lauren James. Like I understand the balance with that because she probably doesn't do enough out of possession, which may be a factor in this de- against Denmark. But I love what she does in possession. So the beauty that we have though is if hopefully you know if it isn't if she goes with the same side and it isn't working, we do have them changes to make. Um, I like I said, I would like to see Rach starting from the beginning, but. It's one of them. And Leanne's right. I said it as well. It's, you know, Serena's been a genius for us. So who are we to question her right now? Yeah. I mean, who who would we be to question her anyway, <laughs> let alone right now? Um, uh, Alex also mentioned they've got a game plan to deal with Penilla Harder. She's obviously the the star name in, in the Denmark setup. And she's someone that you've come up against in the WSL as well. What does she bring? What threats do we need to look out for? I mean, she's one of my favourite players. She's incredible. I think her intelligence and the way she can take and drive between the lines is 
one of the best in the world. She's an absolute nightmare to mark because she doesn't play in front of you. She plays on your shoulder. So you're having to constantly check where she is. And by the time you've checked, she's removed and she's on the ball. And then trying to stop her when she's in full flow is really, really difficult. So it'll be interesting to uh, to see how England approach with that because... You know, I imagine her playing, like I said, on the back shoulders of Kira and Georgia, and that's going to be really difficult to deal with. So they're going to have to have a lot of communication with their back line. And I think it will be one of their toughest tests that they'll face. Yeah, I mean, it's just breaking them down is going to be key, isn't it? And it might take a little bit of patience. And so maybe fans should should think about that. But if you were going to give a prediction, Remy, it might come back to haunt you. I'm not going to lie. It always what, what does. Would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, go 2 1 England. Okay. I like that. That'll make for a really entertaining game we haven't actually seen that many games where both teams have been fully into it actually I'd quite like to see a good old ding dong that'd be great fun I would but sometimes when I'm an England fan I'm just like just win even if it's boring but for the neutral yeah an exciting game would be great yeah it really would be remember Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson will bring you live commentary of England against Denmark on Friday on Talk Sport 2 we'll be with you building up uh, from 9am so make sure that that you join us. Remy, it's been a pleasure. Loved listening to you on comms. Gutted for Republic of Ireland, but fingers crossed for the Nigeria win and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks for having me. Brilliant stuff. Remy Allen there. Thank you to Remy, to Jordan Nobbs, to Katie McCabe, Rusha Littlejohn, Vera Powell, Shabana Hearn, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Alfie Reynolds, Lisa O'Sullivan, producers Maya Anduma, and of course all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the shows live, you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app. Our next show is on TalkSport two on Thursday. It's five o'clock. We're an hour earlier than normal, so don't miss us. If you do, don't worry, you can download the podcast. We'll be rounding up all the action from day eight of the tournament. Next here on TalkSport 2, we'll bring you the Dart Show podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.